Wednesday, April 29th, 2020. Sup everyone, I'm Paul Clark. Sup Paul, welcome back to the podcast. If you're keeping track, it's day 46 of the Oregon coronavirus quarantine. For most of the quarantine, I have been in Oregon, but because of a family emergency, I've come to Tennessee. In this episode, we're neither in Tennessee nor in Oregon. We're going back to Canada, where we're meeting one of the brightest characters in the sport of river paddleboarding, Rita Boychuk. She's a coach. She's an instructor. She's just this bubbly, bright... I don't know how to describe her. Without further ado, here's Rita Boychuk. Roberta Boychuk, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. What did you call me? Uh, let's start again. Let's <laughs> start again. I thought I was just like, what is he calling me? Rita. I didn't. I didn't say that. No, I think your okay. ears are wrong. I've let's always said, Rita Boychuk, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Paul. <laughs> Over the last few years, I've noticed this wave of river paddleboarding enthusiasm coming from Canada. And I have sensed it through social media, I've heard about it, I've been interested, and then I see you. I've wanted to talk to you for a while. We drove past each other yesterday. I was, I was or not yesterday, but last year, it seemed like yesterday. We, were, yeah. we I see boards on a car, I knew you're in the area, I'm like, ah, oh, I need to paddle with her. <laughs> so this is the first time we've had the opportunity to chat. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. And I do, I remember that day. I feel like I did the point out at your van. I'm like, that's Paul. <laughs> yeah. If they haven't seen your social media before, uh, and they certainly should, because they will laugh, they will have joy, they'll want to get into river paddleboarding, they'll want to river surf, they'll want to run down rivers, they'll want to take a clinic. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself to my audience. I'm Rita Boychuk, also known in the sub world as Rita Subs, which is not only sort of a spinoff of my name, but it's also an acronym for my business and what I want to embody. So Rita, it stands for River Education, Training, and Adventures. Subs, stand-up paddleboarding. Also in the winter, skiing until paddle season. It kind of <laughs> works all, all, all four seasons. Um, but essentially, my biggest passion is to grow the sport of whitewater sup. So whether that is coming down to Colorado and getting in and mixing with all the fellow whitewater sup athletes to compete at amazing events like the GoPro Mountain Games, um, or hosting clinics with local paddling shops. So traveling all the way from Squamish, hopefully this year, pending what happens, um, all the way from Squamish to um, Fort, uh, Fort Smith, Northwest Territories, I'll be leading clinics. So all over Alberta, BC, Northwest Territories, um, and just trying to get more people on the river paddling safely is my biggest mission. From my impression, you're completely committed to it and you're doing well. Well, when did you get into this weird sport of river paddleboarding? Um, I started in 2013 after taking a season off of whitewater kayaking. I had a bad swim. Um, I think a lot of kayakers, you know, step out at that point. Um, I'll be honest, I went at whitewater kayaking slightly different. 
then I'm approaching whitewater stuff. At that time, I had the foundational skills. I had a role. But once I started to excel, I didn't practice those foundational skills. And I did get into a little bit of water over my head because I didn't swim. I had a great brace. And that day I did swim. And my role didn't work because I didn't practice it. And it definitely scared me a lot. And I stepped back from the river. But mentally, that was maybe not the best thing to do because the river had become a part of who I was as a person. And mentally, who I was and how I stayed sane and how I, how I did things in my life, um, even like thinking about problems, the river was a part of that. And so I was working at a kayak shop at the time and someone had brought it, we had brought in Santa paddle boards <clears throat> and I was doing a great job of selling them, but I hadn't really paddled one yet. So I went out, hopped on it and well, by all means, I'm Canadian. So it was like I was born with one blade in my hand <laughs> um, and I fell in love instantly. I think it was only about four or five days after getting on a sup that I was on the Slocan River, trying to make eddies, ferries, trying to drop um, the Fashina Rapids. And I just knew because for me, that allowed me an opportunity to rebuild my foundation, um, to get into the rivers. But at no point was I going to be able, um, was I going to get trapped upside down? Mm -hmm. um, I'm happy to say now, though, as of this last September, I am, have bought a kayak. I'm getting back into kayaking. I'm working, building that foundation again. Um, and I'm going to retry the kayaking world. <laughs> Where are you? Um, I'm in Cochrane, Alberta right now. What are you doing there? I just moved here, actually. Congratulations. Yeah, totally. I uh, bought the house in December, and uh, my house in Nelson is... Currently got a few offers in it, so fingers crossed the transition will be complete soon. But how will that uh, affect your business? Th that's actually the big, big reason why I moved. There was a big sign almost um, last summer when I came home from Colorado. Um, all my clinics that I was hosting in the Calgary area were selling and filling up. And every time I'd go home to Nelson, I was playing this game of like Rita's like trying to force people to go on the water. I'm like hustling my friends be like, come on, just give me 20 bucks to rent this board and I'll take you on the river today. Like, come on. <laughs> like, and you know what? That's like a that's like a bad Internet scheme uh, when you're just hustling your friends and family for money all the time so you can get out. And I was like, OK, well, I'm getting a lot of good traction in Calgary. And so why can't I spiral out from a hub, a hub that living in Cochrane now puts me exactly 45 minutes between the Kananaskis river, 45 mm -hmm. minutes to Harvey passage, whitewater park, okay. and 35 minutes to the 10th street surf wave. Perfect. So it's yeah. And so, and, 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 and the Calgary market, all that, uh, all the, the population that's there. Totally. And there's such a big population of river users, right? Like we have um, Haley and her brother Hayden, the um, slalom canoers that are coming out of here, like the whitewater slalom crew is huge. And so I guess for me, it's seeing the connection to that whitewater roots okay. and the, the whitewater roots, because I guess I am a little bit discouraged sometimes when I see maybe a really strong... Um, 
surfing specific influence being shadowed on the river, um, whether it's sup or shortboarding on the river. Um, I have seen some issues personally or helped people in the past that the problem was maybe being presented by um, gear that wasn't necessarily whitewater specific um, sure. or being modeled after our ancestors of that whitewater specific gear um, because we didn't create anything new. The only thing we changed was the equipment. Everything else about the river has stayed the same as the canoers and kayakers have learned and and myself starting off as a raft guide, right? So so it's just something for me that that having that influence is really important, um, being a little bit closer to that to that vibe. Being here sort of in the heart of Alberta, Whitewater, there's a big slalom community. And it just seems like there's a lot of people trying to access the river and they want to do it safely. So Cochrane, Alberta made the was the obvious choice because that's where my van was parked most of last year. <laughs> uh, living down by the river in a van. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's so many things that you can tell I've just we've been cooped up. So all I want to talk about is paddling. You know, hustling well, your friends and, and hustling your neighbors and 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 all that aside. Uh, you have a, a general hustle about it. Like, you're like, I'm paddling. I have my dry suit on. I have a big smile. Like, this is fun. This is supposed to be fun. Let's meet up with people. Let's let's <laughs> do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And uh, thank you very much. Because there, you have been reminding me over the last year why I love the sport. Oh, uh, and it's the smile. And it's the smile. Oh, thank you. That means that actually means so much to me because <laughs> that's that's actually like the exact thing that I'm trying to embody and trying to do is just be stoked and get more people to do it because I'm stoked. Yeah. So thank yeah. you. That means yeah, that means a lot. You you just kind of bring this other element to it. It's not necessarily rowdy as much as just like ta-da. <laughs> <laughs> like look at this place. Look at these people I'm with. Like. Duh. <laughs> I love like, that. Like, why, why, are, why aren't you doing this too? <laughs> you know what? Literally, that, that's exactly what happened at the side of the river the other day. Like, this guy was, like, looking at me and my friend, like, you guys are crazy. Like, I can't believe you went through all of that effort to bike shuttle and social distance just so you could do this. And my friend Alicia's like, why aren't you doing it? And he's like, like he had no answer he's like you know what i probably could and we were like yeah you could like get into it but it, you're exactly right like it's um it's why can't you right like that's the the can river stuff idea which i want to say is an idea as opposed to like a a big project like kim and i my friend kim and i are all working on a project together called can river stuff and we wanted to that can rvr sup to stand for you can River Sup. Yeah. Or for us coming from the north, Canada, River Sup. Right. And so essentially just putting it in the idea into people's head, like, you can do this. If and Canada's better. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey now, we're gonna have to start building a wall the other direction. <laughs> Don't worry, the US will pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've heard this before. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it makes sense. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's yeah. Um, how is it? Yeah, I guess I was I was following along down in the states for a little while, but then I got overwhelmed by the like 
obscene numbers, so I just stopped looking. Well, it's it's good. Uh, the The administration just uh, gave some important information that it's all good if you just drink some bleach. So we're fine. Yeah, now it's hoarding. It's bleach hoarding like crazy down here. I don't actually know your background. Where are you from and what rivers were your home rivers? Um, so I actually grew up in Edmonton, Alberta, and I never paddled on the North Saskatchewan um, at the time of living there. So didn't paddle growing up. I actually learned how to canoe and kayak in a phys ed course in college in a swimming pool. Um, so my first kayak rolls were done in a swimming pool. Um, but all my introduction to whitewater happened when I took a women on the water clinic um, with my good friend Lo. I think it was way back maybe and now in 2010 mm. um, where I learned how to kayak, learned how to roll and put all those skills I had learned in the pool um, to use on the Slocan River. So I, up to now, I've probably, um, I think I was trying to count it the other day. I've paddled the Slocan River um, almost more than 300 times at this point. This podcast is going to be strictly audio and I'm sure the audience by now has realized you are nothing but smiles. <laughs> Uh, one of my last guests was Ian Smith from Pennsylvania, and that guy loves the sport. I think he really loves life, and it shows. And when when I meet people, when I find people, I am rejuvenated by river paddleboarding and after hour travel because of people like you, uh, Rita. So thank you so much for that. Oh, thanks, Paul. Yeah, it's hard. Honestly, it's hard not to smile. I sometimes do like practice making like different face shapes because my face, I sometimes I'm curious if it's stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Technical whitewater, multi-day, raft support, sup support trips. So what, what is, what is your attraction to river paddleboarding? Well, I'm definitely attracted to all of those things. Um, I see a variety, but I would say my biggest passion, um, is well it's definitely the playing like the playing in the river the technical um running it being able to catch every single eddy being able to follow you know someone in a um a creek kayak down and catch every eddy that they do mm -hmm. um being able to really have those solid skills knowing that i could rescue my friends if i needed or you know rescue a kayaker having yeah just having really strong whitewater skills because i feel like um there's a never ending progression there Right. I don't necessarily need to go send a huge class fours. Yes, there's some class fours that I really do want to paddle and look at and take my time to learn and understand. But I can head down a class two river and turn it into a really solid progression by trying to make it more complex, catch eddies on the fly, surf a wave in the middle of a rapid right practice getting off and surfing or and swimming and getting back on my board because having all of those those technical solid foundational skills means that i can feel confident going and doing a solo um, trip maybe on an easy river because i have skills and i know i'm going to be able to rescue myself or I want to go on a raft support trip, let's say the lower Salmon River. I feel confident scouting and running snow hole by myself because I've spent so much time practicing reading easy water. Um, and so I think that for me, it's that technical river running and practicing. It doesn't have to be big and rocky, but just practicing those skills really drives me so that I can... Um, so that I can press, can explore all those other parts of it. 
That totally makes sense to me, and that's very similar to, to what I'm interested in. What do you say to people who are already river runners, say they're whitewater raft guides or professional whitewater kayakers, um, or even people on, on the shore saying, that's crazy, that's a, a reckless sport, that's dangerous, you're going to hurt yourself, and you shouldn't be doing it. I've heard that before. I, th I would suspect you've heard that before. What's your answer to that? Well, my answer is, why don't we go for a paddle? <laughs> of course that's your answer <laughs> right like hey let's get you a helmet and a life jacket let's teach you about this quick release leash and let's go meet in class one like i didn't start here right let's let's go dial it back to where i started because sure what it looks like i'm doing is crazy but i didn't start here just like you probably didn't start by kayaking that class by rapid or you know, and I think also a lot of showing by example is really important. Um, last year, my friend Kim and I decided to hop into the Downriver Race at CanFest, and all the spectators at Santa Claus, which is the big drop um, you'll frequently see me posting photos of, they're all like, oh, get ready for the carnage. Uh -huh. And as and I'm coming in on my sup being like, I've cleaned this rapid so many times, Rita, now's the time. If you're going to make the sport look good, <laughs> like do it and then both of us cleaned it and you just heard them all on the shore being like I need to try that like that looks sick and I think it is it's just a it's a point of perception because how many people Paul you can re probably relate how many people do you see stand on a sup for the first time and within the first three and a half seconds flat water or current they're in like, yep. so that oh, yeah. makes it seem so much more difficult but you got to get past that you, you've got to get past that. So taking it to the fundamentals, taking it to the basics. Uh, can I know you do clinics, and we're not going to do a clinic now, but how, how do you set someone up for success? What are some of the, 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 the basic things that you do to set people up for success? Well, the basic things to set someone new up for success is, you know, giving them a chat about it, demoing it, but honestly, letting them try stuff on their knees first mm -hmm. right when we start getting talking about how rivers get more technical i have a whole talk about how paddling on your knees isn't necessarily always the easier option but if someone's new and trying to experience the river the one thing dropping to their knees will do is lower their center of gravity so it's going to allow them to instead of having to learn how to stand up tilt their board learn the current and everything all at once, it is least going to help make them feel more stable, right? So letting them try experiencing the current on their knees three, four times, and then encouraging them get up, getting up to their feet. I'll even get people to practice their edging and their angles in the big eddy and carve in the eddy before we even let that current touch their boards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Uh, how do how do I how do I ask this? Purism, purism in the sport. Uh, I've found in in the coaching and the and the clinics that I've hosted, if I'm if I'm instructing or giving pointers to a person who comes from a whitewater kayaking background in particular, okay, especially if it's a male, they're like, oh, I could run class five. I'm gonna just jump onto a board. I got this. I know how to read rivers, and they fall right in. 
like, all right, let's start it. You know, let's go back to a little bit more fundamentals. I'm also a very strong advocate of, of doing exercises on the knees, one knee, two knees, stand up, you know, whatever it is. But like, no, this is a stand up sport. It says stand up in the title. I'm going to stand up. They fall again. And they're like, this, this sport's dumb. This sport's dumb. I'm going to go back to my boat. Uh, and I've found that the people who come from non-river sports are more interested in learning. They're using the, the craft as a vehicle. They're more comfortable um, kneeling and learning progression than anything else. Is stand-up the ultimate experience on a paddleboard on a river? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, well, I hear what you're saying about about these like river, about the river guys for sure. However, I've been, you know, maybe it's my my cute little batten of the eyelashes or my smile or something, Paul. But when I seem to get those guys out, uh, the ones that you're referring to that want to go just stand up send class five they're pretty quick to start working on um, skills with me because they see this little spunky, spunky thing cleaning the rapids. And so they're like, well, how do you do it? And I said, well, I go to class one and I practice. I practice in class one. Um, and so, so maybe it is the, the cute little, for lack of a better term, anyone that knows me knows I use this term too much, but maybe it's my giggle and wiggle that's helping um, shift, <laughs> shift, shift some of those, uh, shift some of those kayakers. But I think it, I agree with you what you're saying about the men and such. And I think that that ego might not get directed to me as much um, because I'm a girl. Um, and I think that you're definitely right about that foundation with beginners. Mm -hmm. um, there is more openness to learning that sport. However, um, to throw another demographic into the ones that you described I've also known um I am noticing this with more younger men as well um you know they, they're like we can stand up we can balance and now we can run class three whatever but yet they have zero foundational skills they have um zero rescue skills but they have great balance um, however, in the event, let's say they were paddling with myself or yourself, one of us gets knocked unconscious. They might be the group that can't catch an eddy to help us. Um, and so that's, that's, I think, um, for me, it's all about, yeah, purity of the sport and growing the sport. But I think the biggest thing is whoever's participating in the sport, the river community is all about helping each other, or at least in the river community, I have always experienced all vessels, all, all paddlers, right? Someone tips over, someone needs a rescue. I got the boat, I got the paddle, I got the paddler. They're all working together. And I don't know if the people that are maybe entering the sport without foundational paddling on river and river rescue skills um, are maybe, I don't know if they're embracing that river community attitude. And I certainly got uh, a, a reputation for myself right off the bat because I was interested in multi-day long river trips without any background in rivers. You know, people were like, he's not a river guy. Why is he doing river trips? That's dangerous. And I got, this is what I do. I do solo trips. It's a sea kayak. It's a hike. It's a backcountry ski. I, I just do solo trips. And I'm seeing more and more people, at least in my communities, 
coming to the river without any river experience and kind of following the lead that I set, like, oh, you could do it solo, no worries. I've learned since that the river is a, certainly a community focused on partnership, focused on safety, focused on a stewardship. And I'm learning that. I've been doing this now for a number of years. And it's almost like in the last few years, I've just learned that community. And in a quarantine, I'm really missing that community. So I found myself kind of going to my local river and just peeling in and out of eddies and catching a wave and, and doing that again. But uh, what what are your general thoughts of just solo river trips and can, how, and how can you do it safely? How can you justify doing it safely? Can you? Yeah. So that like that's awesome. So I play this game all the time, right? Like being someone that wants to paddle all day, every day when I can feasibly with work and whatnot. But um, I had always dreamed of doing the Slocan River and the Slocan Lake from start to finish solo. And I played so many times in my head, like, is it safe? Is it the best thing to do? And why should I do it, but maybe not encourage other people to do it, right? It's a big, long list of questions. And so last year, last August, I did decide to finally achieve my goal and paddle from hills all the way to the confluence with the Kootenai. So for those of you that don't know, that's going to be a full day of plus a little bit on the lake at 42 kilometers, um, plus just a little bit over 55 kilometers from class one up to uh, class three rapids. Um, mellow stretches, windy braids, shallows, logs. It's a wild river. Um, however, my, part of my justification process for myself went something along, um, went something like this. The lake, yes, I felt really comfortable being able to paddle solo trip overnight on the lake. There was no real questions about that there. Um, I wanted to bring a photographer with me, so I had extra gear on my board, all her camera stuff, and then she hiked in um, to the campsite for the first night so she could take some photos. And so that was pretty cool because as you know someone if you're feeling a little unsure having someone that can do their own adventure but still check in with you at night or something like that is is a really great option so that worked out really well for us um the next stretch um after after the first night does turn into a river and i had personally i have personally paddled all of the slow can in sections at a different time so it maybe wasn't that year, but I had physically paddled the entire stretch of the river. So at no part of this journey, this solo trip was actually new to me on the river. So I felt familiar being able to navigate, knowing which channels would end in log jam death or which channels were good to go. Um, you were confident in your experience. Ex yeah, exactly. I also knew that if there was any, I also know where all the rapids are. So getting out to scout to see if something had changed, like a log falling in the river, getting pinned on a rock was, you know, I knew where they are. So I felt confident being able to get out. Um, I also, there's bridges that cross that river. So I was mentioning Ashley, um, she's the photographer being a check-in point. I did get her to meet me um, at a couple of bridges along the way. Yeah, so she could take a cool photo of me paddling under, but also to make sure that I was still alive, happy, kicking. Um, she could have taken me off the river at any point if we if we needed to do so. So, um, yeah, that was the big thing. And 
I also, so getting a photographer is a great, if they have some river knowledge, right? She also on that trip, because there was class three, um, I gave her a throw bag. So she had a throw bag, a camera, safety shoes, and a life jacket um, when she came to take photos of me at the bottom of the class three. Mm -hmm. So um, in the event that maybe my fully loaded 14 foot board didn't go so well in the, the little shoot between the two holes, um, at least I would, I had a, I had a backup plan and that was just some of the ways that I, I addressed it knowing that, you know, people watch what I do and I am setting an example. So if I'm going to take something at a bit more risk, just like being by myself, which I think is risky. Um, I want to, I want to do a couple things to try and manage that risk, like have a check-in buddy. So your solo trip at least on the slow can last year, over 50K, <clears throat> was one with experience, with responsibility, was with letting people know what you're doing and actually communicating with them. What a great way to do uh, a solo trip and responsible. What a great role model. <laughs> no wonder people were always criticizing me early on, like, what's that guy doing? That's just dumb and dangerous. Uh, fortunately, I've never uh, knock on this glass desk i haven't had any issues uh and i've done some pretty uh i'm not gonna say reckless but i've done some pretty interesting long solo trips uh getting back to like the the, the content creation uh, mm -hmm. what's your, what's your social media what would you direct people to your website your instagram rita sups so if you remember rita sups you can find me anywhere so rita sups will take you to my business facebook page rita sups will take you to my instagram which is where i'm usually the most active <clears throat> And RitaSupps.com is throughout the season where, where you'll find all the courses, um, any instructor trainings with Paddle Canada that I'm leading, um, and any any sort of fun stuff, whitewater festivals that I'm going to, anything like that, you'll find that at RitaSupps.com. And you will find an infectious smile and beautiful places, beautiful rivers. How do you get your content? Obviously, you travel with a photographer. Do you do... Uh, I'm the, the the master of selfie because I do so much self stuff. If I'm going to photograph a paddle, or it's often okay, set up a tripod and and here I go. How do you get your imagery? Um, so I don't. I wish I could travel with a photographer. Usually, it's a lot of like me sweet talking people in the right place at the right time, or being really fortunate that um, my friends that are photographers are equally as adventurous. So, like I said. Um, the two girls that I work with most, Jackie Zelt and Ashley, they love um, to do a side trip. So if I'm going to be MIA for four hours while I paddle a section, they might go hike a mountain and shoot an eagle. Um, so some of the stuff like that is me trying to pick cool adventures that might also tickle some of their fancy. Um, yeah, I'm also a really good friend to make trades. So if there's any photographers out there that really like um, drinking Caesars, which is a Canadian um, version of a Bloody Mary, or if you like cookies, I'm pretty good at making cookies. And yeah, I'm so I'm great at trades and cooking. So that and sup lessons. Um, but yeah, pretty much it's just a, it's sort of a fun game of where I live. I'm really looking um, forward to meeting some new photographers around um, the new Cochrane, Kananaskis area. Um, but a lot of it is just me trying to be 
be clever, like th throw my phone at someone on the shore. Oh, hey, I noticed you caught a video of me subsurfing today. Can you air me airdrop me that? Um, so yeah, I try not to focus on it on it too much. You guys might have noticed that I've been really stalling my Ecuador edit, and it's just because I ran out of space on my computer. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just do my best. The GoPro is really handy. I'm not great at the selfie selfie vibe but um i am trying to get better at it because i have seen some really cool cool angles come out of it absolutely tell me about a little bit about ecuador oh man i can't wait to go back um it it was just a mind-blowing experience like i um i felt really lucky that i got to experience it with my good friend and team um fellow team rider Brittany parker um, we got to paddle some class, like really big water class three um, on the hut in Yaku. And there's a rapid called Pimpiladas, which means is like gives you butterflies in your tummy. It's like eight foot plus, like definitely bigger than Rita waves. And I think it was the second time, maybe it was the third time that I got to um, paddle down it. I was with um, the kayak group we were paddling with and they're like, you going for it? And I was like, I'm committing to my feet. I'm going to clean it right through the meat. And they're like, <laughs> all right, Rita. And so the guide, he's paddling. And as you might know, Paul, um, sometimes if we're really given her, like we can, uh, we can catch up on a kayak, like no problem, right? Just because of the length. And so I'm like shouting, Edwin, you got to go faster. Paddle faster, Edwin. And the guide goes over the first wave and kick flips and I'll tell you, I've never felt my stomach jump into my throat like that. Um, you'll have to go. I'll see if I can share it on Instagram in the next day or so here. But I actually did stand up, take the drop, and clean the entire rapid. I've never stood up through waves that big before in my entire life. So you know what? That's the goal for any stand-up paddleboarder to get to Ecuador and try and clean pimpiladas. <laughs> like Rita Boychuk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and in and, and those big wave trains are deafening. I suspect anybody who would have been able to see you do that would hear you clearly at the end of it just hooting. Uh, <laughs> you see it in the GoPro footage. My hand just like, woo! And everybody's like, I can't, like, I can't even believe that you did that. And, like, honestly, you you know it. Anyone that whitewater sups in big water knows it. A lot of the time, yes, it's a big skill knowing how to read the water. But it is also like everything has to tee up just right sometimes to clean those big rapids. When you if it knocks you back a little bit, you gotta counteract forward. And if the wave foamy at the top of the wave closes at the wrong time, no matter what you do, you could just be getting Superman swallowed. Or yeah, so so it's sometimes it's a luck of the game, but when it all the pieces line up and your skill and knowledge all works together, it's it's an experience like like something else. <laughs> uh, I want to see that footage. Send me that footage. I want to yeah. see it. Okay, that'll be the that'll be hopefully the I'll clean up the computer this week here, Paul. We'll get it out for you. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and uh, that experience is now in the past it's in your memory it's in your heart what do you have to look forward to can you tell me about anything oh man well so what's going to depend on what's happening with what we're allowed to do 
from a work perspective. So um, I know you spoke with my friend Robin and she says, oh, I'm planning some trips, but I can't tell you about them. <laughs> so one of them is with me. <laughs> so she can't, she was right. She can't tell you about that secret trip. Um, but there's, um, I will tell you that it is related to my family heritage. So I, um, I come from Ukrainian settlers. That's my roots. And um, I'm working on getting more info about it and talking to my family. But essentially, we settled in the prairies of Alberta. And a big portion of how our farm stayed alive was that we would trade supplies at Fort Edmonton Park and use waterways like the North Saskatchewan to build rafts out of logs and raft our supplies back to our homestead. Um, a funny piece in this is my great-grandfather and my great-grandmother did this and their immediate family, so my dad's parents. However, um, there's a big gap there because my dad and all of his brothers and sisters were not allowed to go in the water and were never actually taught to swim. So I'm the the one, the generation bringing, bringing the family back to the river. And I think that that trip's going to be pretty exciting to, to sort of show the connection with my family and my history. Rita, that's amazing. That is amazing. A, a multi-generational heritage expression. You know, I thought river paddleboarding was just, you know, people with expensive gear and funny equipment just like all right let's have a good time for the the immediate but you're actually bringing it to your past you're 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 creating a heritage element to it in 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 historical rivers that meant something for your family totally yeah like there's even stories about um i have my great aunt she's she's got the actual story she's like yeah no um guido would tell me the story around the fire so i want to i want to talk to her but uh, she's like, yeah, record that, record that. Oh, of course. Yeah. She's telling me about, you know, like the rapid that they had to navigate and sometimes they'd have to pin their boats. And I don't actually think this rapid exists. I think it's been cleaned out by floods at this time, but, um, I'm, I'm on the hunt for footage and, and more details, um, hopefully as this develops, but you know, if this, if the quarantine or whatever, we're social distancing, if that does wrap around and come through right now we are still looking at leading clinics in june up here so instructor training courses with me and aquabatics are looking at happening clinics that i'm hoping to run in chilliwack and squamish those don't look like they're getting canceled right now so paddle canada will be giving us an update um, at the end of the month here but it could maybe our protocols are different but river paddling and paddling in general could be the thing to do this summer uh, hopefully, and uh, depending if Canada builds a wall or not, I would love, I need, I need, this is a true need, I need to be up with you in your, uh, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to be political, but uh, the better place. <laughs> because any place, it doesn't matter if it's Canada or Tennessee or Ecuador or wherever, the better place is where you have a, a group of people who encourage you to do better things with a, a big smile and a fist pump in the air saying, yeah, you did it. So I think that's what you're bringing to the sport. I think that's what you're bringing to uh, uh, 
it's I mean, river paddleboarding is a new sport, but there's a lot of purism to it. There's a lot of frowns. You you make a comment about, oh, what do you do with your leash or do with your fin or what board you're on? And then you get a wave of like, well, this, this and that. But you can't deny you can't deny that smile right there. Like, it doesn't matter if you're paddling a piece of wood and hand paddling. If you're stoked and if you're thrilled and if you're encouraging people to do it safely, that's amazing and you're amazing. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. I want to give a quick a plug out to that. You said if no matter what you're paddling. So if you guys, if the world turns up, you guys can come to Canada by the time it's September. Um, Kim and I go to a whitewater paddling fest every year called Unlikely Paddle Fest. It's in a little almost ghost town of Likely, BC. In the middle of nowhere, you're not going to have service for the weekend. And this year, for the first time ever, they're welcoming more stand-up paddleboarders. And we are going to host an unlikely to stand up paddling event. So if you're on a sup, that means you have to paddle that sup with a partner. So that's a two for one deal. Or you can bring anything you want that you can stand up on to complete the race. A unicorn. Anything you can stand up on. It's called the unlikely to stand up paddle event. And um, for those of you that do paddle, unlikely paddle fest should definitely be on your list. Like, um, if you're big water, we have rafts to get people down. And the caribou is some of the most amazing class two plus easy three rivers um, to be paddled. So Sign me up. Sign me up. Yeah. September, the third week in September every year, unlikely paddle fest. Um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool festival. And I, I'd, I'd recommend it to anybody. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, hopefully Canada doesn't build a wall. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You I are such an inspiration. And I, I say that with absolute honesty, the reason a person should paddle is to, to, to experience the joy that you bring to the sport. You know, everything is just like true to your character. And thank you for that. Thank you for being true to your character. No problem. I, I think it would be harder to be anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the, the heritage, the meaning of your name? Well, my four, no, because it literally, my full name's Larita. So the best that I know is my aunt had a friend named Laura, and my other aunt had a friend named Rita, and there was a bit of a fight. Um, my mom has two sisters, so you can imagine how that all goes. Um, and some type you of didn't name her after me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So some some type of compromise was came, um, and I think Loretta was thrown about, but nobody really liked Loretta. Um, and you'll notice if anyone calls me, I might just forget to answer. Um, with the Loretta, um, but that was, um, it became Lorita right away, and I shortened it when um, Natalie Zollinger actually pointed out that maybe Rita could be an acronym, and from that day that she pointed that out, Rita Suffs was literally born, and um, it's been sort of my identity ever since. <laughs> I'm having a conversation with uh, Natalie in the next week. I look forward to that, too. She's, she's awesome energy as well. And what about the last name, Boychuk? Boychuk. Ah, it's a typical Ukrainian name. Okay. Tip, yeah, typical Ukrainian um, name. You put a chuck at the end of it, and it just pretty much signifies you're Ukrainian. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in uh, the Rosalind Nelson area for the last couple of summers. 
and when I was in Nelson two summers ago, I was, you know, walking around and asking people if there are any places to, to river paddleboard. And I'd, I'd kind of heard about you. Uh, and, you know, I think I was following you in social media by then. Um, we tried to connect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, we just, it just hasn't connected. But, like, I would go down to, the, like, the beach by the Bob, uh, the, the, the big bridge, and, like, oh, they, these people are renting paddleboards. Hey, is there any place to, to paddleboard that's not just, like, in this general area? And they're like, oh, you have to call uh, Rita Boychuk. You have to call, <laughs> like, who's this Rita Boychuk? We've tried, I'm like, uh, who is this person? <laughs> <laughs> she has all the knowledge. Yeah, she has all the knowledge. And, knowledge. Yeah, you know, so two years of like, who is this person? Who is this person? My 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 certificate uh, route to find you, just looking, <laughs> finding, like, where is this person? Where is this joy? I'm looking for this. Like, Indiana Jones, finally, like, finding this, like, golden sculpture. Like, I've got it right here. <laughs> that is awesome. And I'm looking forward to running a river like Indiana Jones with a big boulder behind me. Like, we're doing it. <laughs> Dude, seriously, like, when things clear up, Paul, like, the, if you've never paddled the Kananaskis River, Whoa. like, by, like, it, yes, like, you just need to. It is, I could literally never leave, like, as long as they have the water on because it's dam controlled, but... Um, it has everything a stand-up paddleboarder, kayaker, canoe, or rafter could want to be able to practice. Um, and that was my big, my big drawing point. Um, minus we're not allowed to park in the parks right now. But honestly, like, and you've probably seen photos of the mountain wave um, mm -hmm. for river surfing. That, yeah, is really cool, and it's a very sexy wave. However, just upstream is, like, the most perfect up surfing wave that nobody ever is at except for the people I take because yeah. they're like oh it's not the big sexy mountain wave but it's the super fun never have a lineup little helper wave <laughs> <laughs> little helper wave the sexy yeah. waves uh I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna cut little statements that you have throughout the 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 feet to meet and the the giggle and the wiggle and <laughs> you're amazing but let, yeah. let's let's wrap it there. I could talk to you all day, and I look forward yeah. to, to paddling with you all day uh, eventually. And my audience, visit Rita. You'll not be disappointed. Thank you so much. Thanks, Paul. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy uh, the summer. Hopefully, it'll all work out for you. And I know yeah, it will I because you have the hustle. Yeah, I do yeah. too. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Thank you very much, Rita. I look forward to finally meeting you in person and paddling with you, of course, and continuously being inspired by the energy that you bring into the sport.